This is Live from the Table, a Comedy Cellar affiliated podcast coming at you on Sirius XM 99 Raw Dog and the Laugh Button Podcast Network. My sound is all messed up. I like the way it sounds. Okay. No, but in my ears, it's all messed up. That's your, that's your self-esteem. Anyway, we're waiting. Uh, well, that's messed up, too. Let me. But you, you, now you're oh, messing up no, my sound. Not, you're loud. Oh, brother. Hello? Hello? Now Hello? I can't hear any. Oh, my God. It's like, I'm, it's like, it's like doing a podcast with, now, with, uh, that's with per- that's Burns my... and Allen. Okay. Leave <laughs> well, it uh, yeah, but all right. Uh, should we start over? No, I like it. Go ahead. Okay, so uh, we're waiting on Josh Johnson, who is, uh, I haven't seen him in a while. Where, where's he been? I don't know. You'll ask him when okay, you get I here. Okay, I guess I'll ask him when I get here. I haven't seen him in a while, but he'll be here. But we do have with us Noam Dorman, the owner, the proprietor of the world-famous Comedy Cellar, the arguably greatest comedy club in America, in the world, perhaps. It's been called that, and I don't think so, that's... So you guys want to hear something that's fun? I'm just reading about this now. So, uh, you know, it's great to live in, in the 21st century, so... You know, there's this Fox News lawsuit. We talked about it last week with Ilya Shapiro. And um, and don't confuse my opinion. I'm not um, defending the duplicitousness of Fox News and, and, you know, whatever was going on. But there's, a, there's larger principles, just like when you defend the Nazis' right to march. It doesn't mean you're defending the Nazis. You're defending certain principles. So I had this theory about why I thought Fox uh, uh, shouldn't lose the case based on what I know. I'm like, well, why is nobody saying this? Why? And I, we had Ilya on last week, and I didn't, I didn't really get a clear answer from him either, like where I was going wrong. So I looked up the law firm that defends Fox. Yeah. And I found the lead counsel. And I said, fuck it, I'm just going to email this guy what I think. So when I put a mail tracker on it, you know, you can do this where you can track who opens your email or not. So I just sent this email out to this guy. It's two paragraphs. To this guy, uh, at, I don't want to say the law firm, but you, yeah, public information. But I sent it to him. And then, lo and behold, this email was opened six times over a five-hour period yesterday, uh, implying that maybe it was sent forwarded, or maybe he opened it six times, but whatever it is, somebody looked at this email six times yesterday. Now, I don't know. Maybe they say, get a load of this. <laughs> let, me, let me read that dumb email again. <laughs> Can you believe this? I mean, I don't know what that means. Well, what did she say in the email? I'm not going to go into well, that. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. But the point is that, like, not that long ago, that kind of interjection into a national thing, it was just like you could just sit at your desk and say, let me see who's this line. And just, and just boom, you just, you just send him an email. And then you can check that he read it. And and you can follow the email too. Anyway, so that that you know, I live for these things. I know you're so excited. Well, maybe this. you'll you'll change the case. I I I didn't introduce, of course, Periel, our producer. Thank you. Uh, Here I am. And um, producer. So that's what she is. She's a producer. And then another thing happened. So do you remember when we had ben- Benjamin Wittes on, and he looked down the end of his nose with his glasses at us when I was saying I thought Ukraine was more likely responsible for the bombing of the Nord pipeline, right? It's like no, the only a, only a you know a major state could synchronize a high tech operation. I'm like, well, why would Russia bomb its own pipeline when Ukraine would want the pipeline? Remember, I said, well, you don't understand international relations. I'm right. I'm, I'm not being totally fair to him, but I'm not being unfair. Right. And sure enough, in the New York Times yesterday, all the intelligence uh, believes now that it was a Ukraine oriented group that bombed. The pipeline. You like those clips I sent you, huh? Oh, yeah. And the same thing with that <laughs> with that dumbass Will Wilkinson. Go look up close. Where he was like, 
yeah, COVID, COVID can easily be stopped if we just blah, 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 blah. And uh, that didn't work out so well either. Uh, um, well, maybe you should Biden. have more confidence in yourself. And maybe some well, of these, I, these I experts we invite on are, are not so expert. Well, I didn't mention the ones I was wrong about there. Okay. <laughs> um, did you all do your homework assignment? It wasn't an officially a homework assignment, but I suggested, strongly so, that everybody watch Chappelle's special. You mean Chris Rock's? Uh, Chris Rock's special. <laughs> uh, but you can also watch Chappelle's do, special. Do, do, cut. Uh, Edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> Comedian, uh, race, racist comedian, Dan Adderman. Well, <laughs> you could look at it that way. You could just look at it that those are the two biggest acts why would right I, now. Why would anybody look at it that way? Okay. Yeah. But anyway, I suggested that. I did watch it. I watched the last 20 minutes of it. I watched the first 40 minutes of it. Selective Outrage is what it's called. It tops Netflix top 10. I sampled the first part. I was in a hurry, but most of, I'd heard those jokes, most of them. Workshop here? Yeah, workshop there. But um, the last 20 minutes is, for, by all accounts, is when... He, he got truly intense, and absolutely, it's true. I mean, you see it in his face. Um, that's not method acting. I mean, he he was really feeling the emotion of what he was saying. I found it very powerful when he was talking about uh, Will Smith, a slap heard around the world. Yeah. Also, also, the part about his um, mother having to have her tooth removed by a vet. You know, if, oh, in the in in the old days, where old days a, a when a black woman couldn't go to a white dentist, when a black woman couldn't go to a white dentist, and all the progress. I mean, he didn't say the word progress, but that's the implication of now. His daughter is sipping, you know, coffee in in culinary school in Paris, and his uh, mother flies out to meet her every so mm -hmm. often. I found that extremely moving. Um, and and whether he meant it to be or not, I'm sure he has ambivalence about it. Uh, in a certain way, one can't deny it was a positive uh, note about America, even if at the same time it's highlighting a negative thing about America. You know, that, that kind of progress in one person's lifetime is astounding and maybe uh, unprecedented in any, in the history of any country. Not that I'm any kind of expert in world history, but it's probably unprecedented in any country in the world. Uh, Periel, thoughts? Is there a new goat? Can we declare Chris Rock the goat of stand-up? Was Chappelle previously the goat? Well, I don't think there's such a thing as a goat, quite honestly. I think it's a, a silly notion because there's so many different comedians doing so many different kinds of things. No, I'm not going to declare anybody the goat, but... It could, you know, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think there's, 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 there's many comedians that are very, very good, and, but, you know, he, people but, have said that. But, but one, one has to give Chris... These props, um, he didn't talk about it for a year or very little. He orchestrated, or it turned out that way, and maybe it wasn't orchestrated, a, a very, very powerful, I mean, a live thing on Netflix, holding it off until then. I mean, the whole world is talking about this. Right. In a way, they wouldn't have been if it hadn't been a live show. I saw some dumb reviews like, why did it have to be live? But it's very powerful that it's live. Because a live event... Did you see it live? I didn't see it live. No. I watched part of it live. I thought, yeah. I thought that the way that he handled this was really impressive and kind of brilliant. That he... There was a part in the special where he said, everybody's a victim now, right? Like, but there are all these people with, like, paper cuts. I think that saying, oh, I'm a victim. And he really took this and he um, really flipped it. 
in like the best way possible, especially for, you know, a comic or him specifically. Yeah, I, I, I thought the whole thing was pretty fucking impressive, including the fact that the whole world is without, beyond the performance, the the strategy of the whole thing. And that it all came together and it all worked is pretty impressive. Like you, you can't lay a glove on this guy. He, this is flawless execution. Well, yeah. he was told to keep uh, Will Smith's wife's name out of his mouth, which he did not do <laughs> uh, during the special. So uh, I don't know that uh, there will be any repercussions. I don't. I suspect. Oh yeah, and when he was yeah. calling Will Smith a bitch, that was intense. He saw him a bitch. Did you watch this? Yeah, he, I watched it. I called him a bitch like six or seven times. Oh, okay, all right. Well, he's saying that people call him a bitch. Everybody no, he was, saying, he was talking yeah. about all the other people that were calling him. Yeah, but he was, but by the, by the way he was doing it, it was obviously that he was calling. Like, right. He was like, I'm not, and he called you a bitch. Like, it was. And then, and, then he, and then he said what everybody has been saying for a year is that, but he hit me because I'm small. Because yeah. I'm smaller than he is, which is what people have been saying all year. He said, he says, uh, that he, Will Smith played Muhammad Ali, yeah. You may find a shock. I, I didn't even audition yeah. for that part. <laughs> Josh Johnson, I, hey, barely, Josh. I, I barely recognize. Well, let's get Josh's take on uh, Josh well, Johnson. Well, first, let me uh, introduce Josh, it, it, I guess. Hurry, because I have to go. Good. I got to go on a date in college, which was big for me. <laughs> I want to go on, you know, I, I don't get to go on a lot of dates because I don't know how I talk to people. But the date was good. Went to dinner and then went to a movie. And then we uh, went back to my place, okay? And guys, guys, I'm gonna go there with you, okay? I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a little nasty, all right? Uh, we were kissing, okay? We were kissing, all right? But then in the middle of kissing, she told me that she wanted me to choke her. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I have arthritis in my hands. So I couldn't talk up how I was about to choke her. I'm about to choke her. She's about to find out about me, you know? So I was trying to talk up how bad I was going to choke her, make her feel like she was still into it, you know? So I was like, baby, I'm going to choke you, all right? Because that's what you want, because that's what you need. But it will feel like a turtleneck. There's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> no, baby, you're going to get choked. You ask me choked, it's choking time, okay? I'm even shake your head and scream in your face while I choke you but you will feel safe the entire time. You will feel totally safe. There's nothing I can do about that. Well, Josh Johnson is apparently a big deal. He's a stand, I mean, I know him from here, but he's an Emmy-nominated writer, performer, NAACP award winner from Louisiana by way of Chicago, currently writing on The Daily Show. Uh, Comedy Central's most watched comedian ever with 40 million views to date across their platforms. His new special, Up Here Killing Myself, all right, before we go it's crazy, on Peacock, that's the intro. He has the same bio as Paul Mercurio, except Paul Mercurio did oh. win the Emmy. So, okay. <laughs> well, I don't think, and he there looks. Com- the last wow. I saw, Josh Johnson. I try not to think about the Emmy. This, is- <laughs> if we may talk before we get into yeah. Chris Rock, if we may, the, the last time I saw Josh Johnson, he looked completely different, and I don't. Yeah. I'm not sure I would recognize him. His yeah. hair is here. A lot of people he, did not. Yeah, it was. It I recognize his uh, voice. Yeah, deeply hurtful. Just the idea, because <laughs> no. when you think about it, it's like I had an afro, and then I had my hair braided. So I, it's not like I had a beard. 
So it was still my whole face. Yeah, was still I out. I don't think you but looked then, that different. But then everyone, but no, but like every no one recognized me. As White people as, and black people. Everybody, <laughs> were like, hmm. oh, oh, it's you. I was like, oh, jeez. Oh, it took God. me a second. I clearly it, 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 haven't it, it, been well, making well, any Well, I knew it was you because you're the guest today, and you walked in. Yeah. But had so I figured, well, that's got to be Josh Johnson. Yeah, but if we were downstairs, uh, if we were downstairs, yeah. I would have said. Uh, I, I I wouldn't may not yeah. recognize. Quite possible I would have seems said, like a nice guy. Hey, Talks Dan. a lot like Josh Johnson. Well, yep. as soon as you open your mouth, I would know it was Josh. Johnson, okay, because your voice go. is exceedingly I, distinct. I think there's something about I mean I about the way the mind works that it that it that it files things in ways to make it easy to recall. So if you've got a big afro, yeah, yeah, yeah. then that just becomes like the shorthand like for yeah. for Josh Johnson, you know. Yeah, and then but you don't just have a big afro. You also don't have. Like a huge nose or a scar or yeah, like like yeah. other than that, your face is pretty. I've I've been called mild, you know. The the this this one I didn't even know how I feel about it for quite a while. My buddy called me an an artist rendering of a black person, and I was like, jeez. <laughs> and I don't know. So many people didn't recognize me that I I don't know if I can say he was wrong. I recognize. Uh, by the way, I don't know much like with Jews. I don't know that you're supposed to use talk about noses and black people. As with Jews, there no, is I wasn't con- talking about black people. Nose. I'm saying you don't have yeah, a huge nose or a scar or yeah. I if, you, if you had that, stopped at nose, it would have been weird. If you, had, there, if you had just been like, there, yeah, big nose. Anyway, what else? But is I, going I, on? just to be clear, I didn't. I didn't in the slightly mean it as a classic black feature. No, I just no. meant. Like things that, like I said, uh, a thing that somebody could have yeah. on their face, yeah. which would replace the afro in terms of something you remember. No, you were just listing things. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying uh, that's how I, uh, like, if you're talking about a Jewish person and talking about their nose, I would say, easy, easy, easy. <laughs> yeah, but black people, uh, to be fair, black people aren't even known for big noses. They're known for like f- flatter noses, right? Yeah, like, wi- like wide, wide noses. Yeah. Wide, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wide. yeah. yeah. Um, but wide is a form of big. No. <laughs> anyway, so this is very important. So, so because I have to go, I won't rewind the whole thing. But I just said some very positive things about Chris Rock, mm-hmm. um, not just about the way he performed, but also for the execution that culminated in this basically worldwide event and attention mm-hmm. uh, to with the live. I mean, it's, I, I, I could not be more impressed with the way he pulled this off. I don't know what your thoughts are on the whole. I I think that it was very smart not to not to say anything right away because then you don't want to say anything that it's it's already a situation where so many people are split so many different ways that you don't want to say anything quickly that's gonna like solidify someone's opinion of how it happened and people actually want to get your take and i think withholding that take until you had a forum to say it that you also want to bring people to is the best possible it's it's honestly like there are very few people who are incredible in comedy at least they're incredibly good at promotion and making an event and then delivering on that event and i feel like this was one of those times yeah you know because i think that you know for for all of his uh, like faults, insanity, all, like all all the stuff that's wrong with him. What like Kanye did with Donda was kind of like that. It's like okay, everyone knows that my mental illness spiked when I lost my mom. This next album is not only dedicated to my mom; it's supposed to be like this whole 
like culmination of everything my mom and I went through and it's about her it's named after her it's like it's it's and and I'm getting all my friends on it so it's got all these features and then we're going to do listening parties and we're going to do listening parties in arenas so then you the audience get to decide what's going to end up on the final album like and it just became this whole huge thing right and I think Chris did a version of that with the slap where it's like you know as as a comic you have to test stuff out so he knew versions of jokes he might do about it were going to leak and it was all just enough to keep people talking and it was all just enough to like win people over more to what he might say because he said that I'm not a victim thing really early right right yeah you know so I think he's he had that uh on lock as far as like when you think of a special in the in recent years and you think of something around it to promote it there's been nothing like no did you say you heard some of the the uh Will Smith stuff workshopped here or was that all kind a of a little bit a little bit. I don't. I don't remember specifically what I heard. He did. He did talk a little bit about it here, but he never got intense. Yeah, yeah. That was that was really something. That was powerful. Yeah. He was, I, in my opinion, that emotion was all real. I think it was real. Yeah, yeah. I think it was very real. You know, like I wonder even did he plan to throw the mic at the end, or was that just the way he felt? I think. I think it could be both. I think that he's. He is now. I think it's been three specials where he's like, Mike dropped at the end. This one included. He didn't just drop it. He threw it. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think he knew he was going to like do something with the mic at the end. But yeah, maybe throwing it was like, uh, all right, this is like spur of the moment. Does that make sense? Because yeah, in yeah. Tambourine, he just like, you know, flicks it out of his hand and walks away. Uh, but in this one, wow. I was like, oh, wow. It was pretty riveting. I, I, I'm really, really impressed with Chris Rock today. I really like what you said about like getting all of your friends on it to like the yeah, comparison yeah. to Donda because it's true. And even when I did watch it live, the first half of it, and um, when Ronnie Chang was saying, every comedian's here who's ever owed Netflix a favor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And all of Chris Rock's like friends and everybody had such beautiful things to say about him. Um, as they're, you know, they were opening for him and it was really nice like that. Yeah. Anyway, Josh, I had to, um, I have, I'm having a dinner tonight at an event with a Baroness. I can't talk about it. You can talk oh, about a Baroness, it. And I got, I got invited to this and I'm not going to lie and say I got invited just this week, but I, I didn't, I never, uh, uh, reconciled my calendar and I realized that it was this week. And then I saw you were the guest and, you know, you're one of my favorite People and one of my favorite guests ever. I'm like, oh fuck, Josh. Oh, it's gonna be insulted that no, like no. in some way I you didn't think live. he was important enough to. But I would have actually canceled the podcast if I. But anyway, so that's it. So I we, we made it a half an hour earlier so I could spend some time with you. But I'm not mm -hmm. gonna stay. No, but we have you on again. Yeah, if you want to have it me. But um, yeah, yeah who's I'm this? Sorry. Who's this? Baroness? No, it's all good. Um, the Baroness. And uh, how? how uh, I don't want to take time to away from Josh. Yeah, let's hear about your special. Forget What's going Chris on? Rock. Oh, oh yeah. We got yeah. plenty of time with <laughs> yeah, yeah, right up there with Chris <laughs> Rock. Uh yeah, so I, my special came out on Peacock a couple weeks ago and it is um in a, a split. Uh, I, I I turned to some interstitials at certain points um because the hour that I did came from um an an hour of talk, talk therapy that I then sort of pulled everything out of it that was funny and then, you know, wrote the bits to it and then made the show. So then you'll see sort of in chunks um, 
the section will start with me in therapy, either being asked a question or like talking about something where I'm not really sure how I feel and ending up on stage where not only do I know how I feel now, but I actually have a joke and, and a way to sum up the, the entire idea. And so, yeah, that's the, that's the basic gist of it. Now there's an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial aspect to it, which is he shot it. You shot it yourself. Yeah, and you with took the financial risk. Yeah, yeah. So I I uh, went to Jacob Anachi who directed it, and yeah, we you know came up with a budget together and everything, and yeah, it's oof. oof. That's that's yeah. scary. No, it's terrifying. Yeah. And um, wait. So you're 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 part of this is you in therapy? Yeah, with, yeah. With an actual therapist or with like somebody that with Todd, no, no, it's Todd been recreated. No, no, it's been recreated. I, it was not my actual therapy session because I think that that would. But it's based would on have been sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, what is the demographic profile of your therapist, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, so I've had I've had many therapists, uh, and so this one this is the representation of me going to a white woman. This is my thing with with w whether it's like physical or mental, right? I personally like and it doesn't it's not the need you know like if like if i if something happens like if i get hit by a car i'll see anyone i'll see any doctor whatever but if if i'm just going for the sake of going i i find i do like to go to a black doctor and if i can't get a black doctor i like to go to a woman the the reasons for that is that i don't know if you've heard about this in medicine but there was a long held belief that black people just felt less pain and like all, all this other stuff. So it's like at least a black doctor will be like, oh, I know what this is like when you're complaining to me about well, a something. A doctor you know? is it's an intimate thing to be with a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could understand why you'd want to be with somebody that that might you might feel a little closer to. And yeah, and a therapist a therapist in particular. Yeah. Because a therapist knows your life better, you know. And yeah, yeah. also, you know, I've seen Jewish therapists. I would be, you know, what if I had an issue with uh, that that was stereotypical? Like say I'm arguing with my boss about money, and I want to talk about that in therapy. <laughs> well, I, was yeah. I, I, I would feel odd saying that to a non-Jewish therapist because I, be, in my mind, he's thinking, "Oh, these people." Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so no, you, as you. a black man going to a yeah. black therapist, yeah, would, like uh, I would think would yeah. be a lot better. Do you prefer a black man or a black woman for a therapist specifically? Uh, I do find that just in my life, black women tend to be right. Mm. Uh, so yeah, black woman helps the most but, but when it is if it's if it's just women in general um like physical or mental i do find that the same way that there was the black thing of of you know not feeling pain or not being taken seriously or whatever i think women also have that um as well so it's like when it's black woman it's double fold but like for instance i went to a doctor just to i i had to get uh an injury checked out and she walked in and it was a pregnant white woman and i was like thank god all right you're going through a whole bunch of stuff that like now all my pain seems valid so your you. current therapist is is a white woman uh my last therapist was and your well, current uh my current i'm out of oh, therapy yeah, right yeah, now yeah. i'm in between therapists I I, uh, I went to a I I I have a black urologist who performed my uh, vasectomy. Yeah, this, this yeah. Story, yes. and uh, apparently um, he thinks that white men can't feel pain. But <laughs> is he is he put that to the test? Yeah. Oh God. But, <laughs> no, no, he was great. But um, I would say just about the therapy. If I if I were you, like if I if I, I'm just as you know I have no right to this opinion maybe, but just I would want to go see a black woman. And this is, this is my thought process. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to go see a white person, let alone a white woman, because if 
I want somebody to call me on my bullshit. And let's say, you know, part of that bullshit is, you know, I, I thought this was racist or whatever, you know, no white therapist is going to dare question you, you know, sure, they're just sure. going to be so afraid, you know, especially in today's climate. So, yeah. so you just like to remove that thing. So yeah. that if somebody thinks that, you know, you just, what you look at it this way or whatever it is, you, you only a black person would have the total, feel the total freedom to say that to you. And a woman, because a lot of things that you might be talking about might have to do with the opposite sex. Sure. And I would always prefer to have a female therapist who understood what it is that the opposite sex is thinking. Yeah. Than another dumb dude like me. Who's like, what no, the, I feel that you. Bitch is out of her mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. I, I think that I, I would I would go see a a, a, a a woman therapist. But the question is. How would I feel about going seeing a black woman therapist? Would I think that would be an issue? I think it wouldn't be. Would I don't think it would. I don't think it works the opposite way. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't think it matters so much. Is, I mean, there, is there anything you're uncomfortable or we're uncomfortable talking to your white therapist about? Like maybe I shouldn't talk about this in front of white folk, kind of thing. Not really, because I feel like the this is the thing. I guess is that a lot of white people, especially when you're in a white country, <laughs> yeah, tend to take all of their knowledge and be very academic with it. Yeah. You know? So not saying that there's no human element added to their um, their therapy and how they work with patients, but they can be very direct because f- by and large, potentially, you know, you talk about like 77% of the country or whatever is white, a lot of the people will already have that shared experience built in, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so then there wasn't anything that I was like particularly uncomfortable with because I was like, all right, let me just see if there's anything like wrong with me. So then I just lay it all out there. And then when you find out, sometimes you're disappointed to find out there's nothing wrong. <laughs> like sometimes you're like, cause, cause it means that you're not as, uh, as you're in your th- thoughts, unique as you thought you were. Right. So it, there's, there's some sort of solace. But what, what brought you there if there was, you know, I mean, oh no, just there was being told that there were certain things that I was feeling that were normal or being told that, there was like a way that I looked at things that was actually how most people look at it. You know what I mean? Getting that. But what brought you to the therapist in the first place? I'm saying. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just think, okay. I think that in the world there's problems, right? And if you aren't careful, your problems become everyone else's problem or your problems become a deeper problem for you. Right. And there's enough problems that we can't do anything about that. I was like, I don't want to do anything extra. And so then that was the initial thing. But like, luckily, I grew up in a family that this is like not necessarily indicative of like, it's just not as common in a lot of black families, but my family always believed in therapy. And so they basically, even when I was a kid, I went to a therapist for a little while, which is one of the things that encouraged me to go to a therapist later in in life on my own, you know, because it didn't seem stigmatized or weird to me. But you were probably always a kind of sensitive very smart um, kid, almost yeah. like the profile of a kid who goes to therapy. Like, yeah, like, yeah, just not, you're not wrong. No, uh, yeah, just <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, why? No, no, because he's obviously no, no. gifted in some way. And I, I no, just, no, I'm with you. I, I was yeah. exactly that thing because, because yeah. even when I went to therapy, I was like, ah, man, I think like there were certain. I've been to a couple therapists where I was like, ah, man, I really. I really could have sat down, had a good think, and missed this whole thing. You know what I mean? Because like, especially when you've gone for a while and you like know some of your habits. Do you love everything. going to therapy? 
Like, it, de- it depends. It depends on the therapist. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I actually look at going to therapy. This is just me personally. I look at therapy like going to the doctor. So I don't know if this is good or bad, but personally for me, I only go when I start to feel sick. Right. I right, don't right. just go for the sake of like, I'll just go 52 ma- weeks out of the year. Yeah. I don't really go for maintenance. I got to go. This is a fucking good conversation and I got to go. No, we'll do it again. But we'll do well, it again. I just want to hear a little bit about the Baroness and why, yeah, yeah. you know, I think that's of some interest. I, 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 I got, I, let me read the invitation real quick. You don't want to be the first one to show up either. Um, <laughs> no, but I don't want to be, I want to be on time. You want to be fashionably late. Um, uh, introduce to our good friends, Baroness. Philippa Stroud, David Stroud, Arthur Brooks, Philippa, a member of the British House of Lords, and David, a senior leader of Christ Church London, our founders of a form, a London-based network of senior leaders, exist to serve senior leaders, influencers, and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of mumbling built, going on. Uh, build, this is long. Build bridges across traditional sectors, boundaries, create community to fight poverty. Blah, blah, I don't know. It's, it's Wait, like why a, are you going to this thing? I was invited. I don't... I don't but you get invited to things all the time. You oh, usually the, say the, no. No, the woman... I don't usually say... The woman who's um, doing it is a good, very good friend of mine. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah good friends doing it and a baroness is going to be yeah. there. I want. I don't know. I'd go... Well, I don't know what, yeah. ba- baroness mean, what, what that means nowadays. You know, I hear you could buy like... If, for 50 bucks, you send away and you become like a lord in Scotland or something. Like <laughs> yeah, that. Well, but I, that, that's a land thing. That doesn't it's mean... It's a land thing. This is old money. I hung out no. with a Princess Beatrice one night. From the Netherlands? No, she's is it a Beatrice, the, the redheaded one? She's related to the royal family in England. She came to the Olive Tree one night. Beatrice? Isn't it? I, maybe, I don't maybe. know. And um, she's like three or more, I don't know. And, and she was just like a normal person. So, you know, wasn't that big a deal. I know. Uh, okay, fine. Okay. Well, anyway, enjoy your dinner with the Baroness. <laughs> have, mean, a, have a crumpet for me. I mean, now that Prince Harry is talking about applying lotion to his dick and thinking about his mother. I mean, right, I, yeah. it, you don't really, have quite the same esteem for the royal family. No, the sheen off these people is really... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really brought them down a peg, yeah. you know? It was either going to be like an overall revolution or just Prince Harry's book. Like, right. like Hello, Baroness. I, I wonder if you'd like uh, uh, this vibrator. Yeah, yeah. Everybody getting real familiar. All right, thank you, Noam Dorman, having dinner with a Baroness. That's why he's dressed up. I guess you're going with Juanita, I assume. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> good to see you. Yeah. Lord, sure are they going to introduce you as yeah. you? Yeah, Afro. Yeah, yeah. Are they going to introduce you when you walk Brand in? Brand new me. <laughs> when you walk in, are they going to introduce you? Presenting. <laughs> Bye. Lord Gnome and Countess. Well, anyway. Um, <laughs> I always only wanted um a gay therapist, a gay male therapist. Really. Mm-hmm. The the thing is, I um. And I think that Jackpot is a gay male black therapist. I, I don't really? know why that would be a jackpot. Is but... it just from life experience plus being a therapist? Yeah, or like what like you're just... saying perspective plus yes, therapist? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like my OB and, and this was not planned, but my OB I when I had when I was pregnant, obviously, mm-hmm. was a gay black guy. And I was. But why does that make it? You felt that that was a superior does, choice. Yeah, I do actually, because I think that there, I, I do, I have had the experience on multiple occasions with you know straight male Jewish doctors, older white men, and there's something a little bit condescending. Well, I don't think you need to go full on the opposite of that. How about just a, a woman doctor? Um, I've had horrible experiences with women doctors. I'm sorry. I've had great ones too, but mm-hmm. I feel like 
I'm well, going. I'm if, going. If that works for you. I, my my main criteria is when I see the diploma on the wall, uh, none of it is in Spanish. <laughs> yeah. Why there? I, I don't want to see Universidades de Guatemala. Yeah, but you you know, here's the thing. We now go to Mexico to get the stuff right. done because we don't have health insurance. So it's like it's like those doctors are starting to look more appealing. Well, they and might be appealing. good, but I still have my old world prejudices, and uh, I want to see. because to be, Well, because a lot of people go to med school. Now, if you're from there, mm-hmm. say you, you are from Mexico and you, yeah. or Guatemala, in this mm-hmm. case, is the case in my example, and you went to school in Guatemala, I guess that makes sense. But Americans, oftentimes when they can't get into any med school in America, mm-hmm. they will go to med school. Is it a little chilly in here, by the way? <laughs> oh, I don't. I, um, oftentimes, we'll go to med school overseas. There's a med school in Granada. Remember, there was like a war we fought over there because. Anyway, so, so you're worried about Americans in other countries Americans getting their degrees, degrees in other countries because back? they couldn't get because a lot of times they couldn't get into any med schools in the United States. So they yeah, went. but it, it won't be valid when they come back, right? I, I like don't know how that works, but yeah, I think so. No, no, I don't think that. I don't think that's right at all. I feel like I've had so many Uber drivers that used to be doctors. Well, I don't know about yeah, that. I, I'm pretty medicine. sure you can. You have to take the boards and pass the boards, but oh, I, that's what it is. Yeah. So then, you're, the people you're talking about, if they try to come back and they already weren't good enough to get into med school here, a lot of times they don't pass the board. Okay. When they come back, so I feel like I feel like this system is working potentially i feel like if you can learn another language well enough no to no go these, to med, these school, med schools are i think in english geared toward toward taking americans money i don't think these are uh mm. these are med schools that are in spanish or in whatever language i think these are med schools yeah, that have an english program for is, americans that want that because we want they want our money it's absolutely cheating what he's talking about okay. like like now that you've explained it i totally see what you made for a second i thought you just meant like man if my doctor's from spain and he was a doctor this is all ooh, yeah no. well i guess i i guess what i said could have been misconstrued yeah i thought i realize now you're talking about americans, I, I americans. who already tried yeah and ooh. did not is that really you know? a thing that's a thing sure it's a thing no it, it really it, it really is because i've known people who couldn't get into medical school and so they just kept trying medical schools until they got into one that's insane rather than just learning more like so so right rather than learning more. yeah they're like oh okay i couldn't get into this school this school this school this school this school and just truly going down because especially if you come from a family of doctors there's maybe either going to be an inclination or expectation to become a doctor yourself sure. and so now if you whether you were partying or whether you just haven't picked the right type of medicine or whether you just don't have the interest you're it's now time to apply and you either don't have the grades or you don't have the like just the acumen overall and now it's like, all right, what do I do? And then you try, 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 try. Then you go overseas and try to learn anyway, something. Josh, if we could, uh, if we could uh, get back to your special. Oh sure. Um, obviously, uh, you didn't. Uh, you, you don't hit the same topics as Chris Rock hit in his. Well, maybe you do hit some of the same topics. Wokeness, of course, is a big topic these days. Yeah. I don't I, know if you hit that. What what topics no, no. would you say some of the main ones? That you hit on. I, I talked about not growing up with money. Um, I talked about, like, uh, relationship with my dad and everything, losing my dad. And then I talked about um, how I had a stalker. So it's like... Is a stalker recent? Uh, not not anymore, technically. So luckily, by, by the time, a little while after I did the show, it was really winding down. But yeah. That's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, it was like, it was really rough. It was a woman. 
uh, I don't know who it was because it was all happening like online and it was and it was someone who was like basically they were threatening me for quite a while and then they make they'd obviously make fake accounts because I was blocking the other. Oh, there was a threat. It wasn't just like I love you. I want to have your baby. No, no, it was like you're gonna it bleed. Vi- it's like it's like I'm gonna come kill you. And, and did they give like, a reason why uh, why they, they were angry the, at you? I don't. I can't speak to their mental state, but I all I know is I they Not think good. that they're me. Mm-hmm. So then every time I had a thing happen and like posted about it, I I think it like shattered that illusion, and then they were like attacking me but then they thought that they were it was very it was very weird because then also the messages they would send didn't actually make sense the only thing that was it like in any way intelligible was the threat so it would be like a long thing and it would be a bunch of things that didn't make any sense at all like whatsoever and then it would be like but i'm gonna kill you and it's like you don't have any sentence made sense you don't have any idea who this individual is did you go to the police they weren't able no we went to the police and yeah they weren't able to ascertain the identity of this individual because even with the threats they're like i think the most they can do is collect them but they they can't like you know we were sending screenshots to the police and stuff like that but the most that they can do is just like I will will make a note of it, but That's you would. Th- I mean, th- you would think there's a way to get an ISP address yeah. or something. I well, mean, they well, it, it wasn't that helpful because then they ended up telling us the person that we were talking to about it because we were like, "Can't you? Here's here's an account that looks like their main, mm-hmm. and that's the one that initially they were like coming at me with until I finally blocked them." And so then they were obviously making ones and it's like if it's just been made and there's like a fake email attached to it, you're never going to find who this is, whatever. But the main one, they were like, oh, OK, this person is either in D.C. or Lagos. Oh. And I was like, well, that, that doesn't help doesn't, at all. Help, that's but... oh, my gosh. And it was like, yeah, because they may have been using a VPN or something because now VPNs are more popular. Oh, okay. And like so it's it's just by default. I think a lot of that stuff is harder to track down because more people are savvy to like maybe you bought a VPN because you want to watch Canadian Netflix because there's more stuff you like on it. But then it does end up helping you out if you want to be crazy. I haven't like, seen you here in a while. You know. Have you have you been busy with the Daily Show or uh, doing a little bit of touring? Yeah. Oh, you've so, you been on tour. Yeah. So I've been on the road. I'm on the road all year, really. Um, next three weekends of the month. So I'm going to Kansas City this weekend, and then South by Do Southwest. You enjoy that? I love it. Yeah. You love the road. It's great. You're lucky. I, I envy people that love the road because there's I, I I just I get so no I can't do it and I. I, I've sort of you know, configured my career around one-nighters where I go do a, uh, you know, like a, a Jewish community center in Long Island or I do a, a country club in New Jersey. I got something. I got, I'm doing a fundraiser in Baltimore for uh, a school district down there. So it's one night and it pays pretty well. But I, the weekends at clubs, I just, I can't. It's too much for me. I Did get you lo- ever like I, it? I never liked it. Did it. Never liked it. Get lonely. Um... I'm just, I mean, the cold, hard reality is, is I don't like stand-up. Please, somebody, buy me out. <laughs> I'll sell my whole act. Um, I, I, my, you know, I've said this before. My initial thought was that I'd, you know, get a TV show or something. Well, and I keep saying you might. Like, do you want to act or do you want to write? Yeah, one or the other. Oh, one or the other? Okay. You know, but I, but, but uh, doing stand-up, uh, it's stressful. It stresses me out. Sure, sure. I find it very stressful. Yeah. Um, I find it, I do, like, I don't get nervous the way I used to get nervous anymore, but I do find myself getting a little, like, 
getting butterflies again. I think now it's just because I have to have a new hour because now I'm touring and uh, stuff, and I just the special just came out. So then it's like not doing any of that stuff, and then. Luckily, I was already building up the hour. Also, I don't write that fast. I, I, oh, I, I just I feel don't you. write that fast. I now I feel that's because my jokes are the way they. I, I mean, I you know, I I don't want to make excuses, but there's only you know so many jokes about my cousin Sheila I can come up with. You yeah, know, the, yeah. uh, jokes about uh, if you're familiar with my act about shit that never happened. Right. Yeah. You know, and uh, rather than just. The new, in a matter, matter of fact, talking about the news of the day or the issues of the day, which I suppose if I had to come up with another hour, I would do that. But you could also talk like about how many jokes out. about my fucking uh, uh, ninth grade uh, sex ed teacher using uh, his real penis to demonstrate <laughs> how to put on a condo. Can I come up with that? But you, but that's only because you talk about things that didn't happen. If you talked about mm. things that did happen, it would be endless. Right. Well, I w- but, but that it, would make you more stylistically, stylistically, it wouldn't be as consistent. And I do filter through my own lens. But stylistically, wouldn't I mean? Noam used to tell me, "Well, just do some jokes like that, and some jokes like yeah. that are more matter of fact." You, but stylistically, it would clash. Yeah. Like if all, if like Stephen Wright just went from my school colors were clear to, hey, man, you know, it's crazy what's going on with Kanye. I mean, it, it, people like, well, it, it wouldn't have, they wouldn't fit together. Yeah, but I do think that you you end up in a different space when you're pushed there versus wanting to go there on your own. So like if. If, if something happened one day where just for whatever reason you couldn't do any of the jokes that you wrote anymore, I well, think... Well, then I'd have to go know, in a different direction. Yeah, but I but I think that you're more capable of doing it than feels comfortable. So then it is a slower process, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, like for me, I, I didn't think... I remember when I wrote my first hour, I didn't think I'd have another hour. And then... You know, eventually, you're whether you're whether the thing, even if you don't have a special come out, even if you don't do an album, the thing that ends up making you have to write more is that finally, out of all the times you've done stand up, a place that had you headline wants you to come back. So now it's like, yeah, maybe it's been a year, year and a half, but especially if if people really liked you, they're gonna come back again. And that, I think, even before I ever had a special was my reasoning to be like, oh, let me always be, like, playing with something. And then as I played more, I wrote quicker. So it's not even as if, you know, it's not even as if it's not hard to write a lot. It's just that the thing that gets me nervous now, the thing that I have the butterflies for, which is good, but it's, like, all the new stuff that I'm doing has, like, a little bit more... I, I think it would surprise people what... I'm doing based on what I've done and it's like my attempt at evolution, but it's also just things that are on my mind. And so then to, to your point, go in this different direction, but also have it be new. It's like, there's always, there's always a little bit of fear there trying. And to another motivation to, to write is of course your own sense of, I can't, I, I, I hate telling these jokes cause I'm sick of them. Yeah. You so know. you get, you get sick of them, whether you've recorded them or not. And, if you if you have enough going on, which is this is not a diss on anyone who isn't writing a lot, but it's like if you have enough going on in your head about something, eventually you do want to get it out. And I feel like having a written joke is a way of getting it out. Like to like to your point about having the therapist, it's like I I started working on a thing a while ago about how um, I only really want to take dating advice from lesbians because mm. it's like. They're the only one. They're the only ones who like get it. 
Like they get they get what I'm going through because they also date women, but they also are women. And if you don't if you don't finish that Punnett square and go straight across, you're getting bad advice. Because even I, I cannot tell you how many times I've been close to a woman, like a very good friend of mine. And then maybe this is like like when I lived in Chicago, right? Close friend. I was telling her about some dating troubles I would I was having and she cannot imagine being me. So she just plugged herself into what the other woman did. And right. I was like, I was like, you know me. How is this also, how have you also right, turned right, on me right. now? I, I'm not even saying I was looking for a specific answer, but then just to what, you know, to what Noam was saying, it's like, you you also can't go to like a single dude if yeah. you have a relationship problem. That's he usually will, not a You will lose yeah. your home. You yeah. know what I mean? And so it's like having a, like, having a lesbian is just a way to be like, all right, you are a woman, so you know how my um, girlfriend might have felt, but you also date women, so you also know what women can be like to date. And so then that's that's the only like objectivity down the line that I think you can you can get as so, like a straight guy. So if you were having if you were gonna go to a therapist with the relationship issue, you'd have to go to a lesbian therapist. Yeah, I would just take whatever my therapist said with a grain of salt and be like, um, bro, you don't know. Like, you know I, mean? like I think I think personally, because therapy and finding the right person is so much like dating in a sense. Like a lot of people feel trapped. Like they go, they go to someone cause their insurance takes them or whatever. And right. then they're like, well, this is my therapist. And if they kind of suck or they don't seem to listen or they clearly have their own. Well, you might not know if they suck. No, you know, you because, know. Be, well, you, you it takes a while because but, it might yeah. take a while that they're doing something that you don't quite understand, but yet you'll feel better or you'll improve in the long term. But you can't, necessarily analyze that straight away how would you know well I if they're know. doing things if, or guiding you in a direction that you don't quite see well uh, you I may mean, not know immediately it that shouldn't they're be helping. that like it's not like, it shouldn't be that fucking mysterious though well they go to school for you know nine years so i assume i mean uh, unless you're in accord with gnome that they really have no special expertise no in I, i'm not in accord with that, gnome that, at gnome's all. that's gnome's belief right I, therapy but if they're really uh if they really are um you know, they go to med school for four years, I guess, and then they go. I don't think therapists go to med school. For well, psychiatrists. Yeah, I'm not talk uh, I'm but, talking. Uh, but even a psychologist. Well, my niece is. I think she went four years, to, and then a PhD takes another two years. Whatever it is, it's like it's a lot. So that that you can't necessarily know what they're doing because. But you no, but I mean, you also need to vibe with a. Yeah, therapist. you got to vibe. You got to like, vibe. There has to be like that's the other reason to be totally honest, and maybe I'm revealing a little bit too much here. Why well, I you already talked about your uh, you know the anal fissure yeah, a few episodes ago. <laughs> so. But I um I discovered very early on that I needed a gay guy for my therapist because I couldn't bear to walk into these offices that were just so heinous and poorly designed. Like I couldn't take it that seriously if I walked uh, into a space that just looked like it was like dusty and dis well, straight men can't get a gay guy to design their office well I mean or that they just have but also you don't want somebody who might potentially try to sleep with you. But do you think then, so this is a, oh, a, a, a I want to get your, you know, opinion on this because of, because, because of where you end up um, leaning towards, I want to get your opinion on this. I think that with good reason, but also I do believe it's happening. When you, 
like not in an identity politics way, but just in a way that ends up being the way the world is. When you are dealing with people, it's petty, but we all have it. There's a there's a certain aspect of us where wherever you are placed in this like um, Venn diagram of identities that doesn't like when the one this far away from me is right. So as a so as a and I'll admit to it as a black person, sometimes I hate when white people just write. Okay, I'm just like God damn, and you can hear it. You're like, oh, and they'll be right about something you wish they do nothing about. Like <laughs> like if a white guy walked out and was like. This is what the black community needs to do to raise, uh, like, like just to raise their financial awareness and to um, have more money flowing through their community. And he's just right. right. And you can hear him being right. Yeah. He sounds right. There's still going to be a part of you. And some people let that part of them take over and don't mm. want to listen where they're like, I'm not going to listen to some white man about like money right. and telling me what well, to do that, with my that. black money and whatever. Right. And then I think that there's a thing even with with obviously with men towards women, but also with women back to men where it's like, I've watched it. It's like, I, I was raised by women, you know? And it's like, sometimes like women just hate what a man is just right about something. And so it's more comfortable to get the exact same advice from someone who looks like you or someone who doesn't, you don't feel threatened as if they're going to talk down to you, but it's the same advice. Like yeah. anybody yeah. can yell fire in a building mm -hmm. and they can be right. But the idea, I guess that's what I feel like, is that sometimes problems are so apparent and they're so urgent that I don't care who is the person to sit me down and tell me. And but a lot yeah. right now we hear a lot on social media, you know, as a, as a white man, as a straight man, as a cis man or whatever, stay out of the conversation. That that we hear that a lot, right now. Yeah, people yeah. say well, you're you're not entitled to your, to an opinion. You're not entitled to speak. You need to listen. That sort of uh, overarching theme that we see now. I think. Would you agree, Periella? We see that a lot. Yes, I would agree that we see that a lot. So, so I think what Josh is saying is that uh, well, we shouldn't think that way. If any somebody's got an opinion, we should listen to it and judge it on its merits, which would seem to me the obvious. I mean, uh, it's you that, know, that's my uh, thing. Is like this is this is the the reason I said the white black thing, mm -hmm. right? is I was having a conversation with a friend who something like this kind of happened and they were annoyed. And I was like, but, and this is when I lived in Louisiana. And I was like, we are both poor. So a, per, a poor person is not going to come tell us how to make money. Right. We need a rich person. And we may not like who that rich person is, but as long as they're right, we will make money. Right. So That's at a certain point, you can't have this like, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying like, like, at, at a certain point, I think it's it's becoming a thing culture wide where instead of having more openness than the historical white man had towards women being right or people of color being right or worth listening to or having good points, we've actually expanded that point of view. And it's like, well, if a white man is not going to listen to a black woman, why should a black woman listen to a white man about anything? Because right. some of what some of that talk of like you're you know you need to listen whatever i think a lot of it does end up getting directed at people who don't know what they're talking about and of just, course and but a lot of people to, don't, you know I mean? there are people that don't know what they're talking about of all race creeds and color yeah a black yeah. man might not know what they're talking about about a black issue and a white man not or a jewish man might not know what he's or she is talking about about a jewish issue but the idea that somebody should be because they're not in the affected group should just sit down and shut up they should be sensitive and respectful and understand that it could get 
that their opinion, you know, is coming from a certain place, but their, their opinion should be allowed. I should be allowed to express my opinion on reparations, for example. I think without being told, shut up and stay out of the conversation. Yeah, I think that what ends up happening is when you are too close to something, it is actually harder to solve the problem. And every once in a while, the problem is solved by someone who does not have a fight in the it like they they just right. they're not in the game you, at all. Right. So so it is true that you can get great advice from anyone, right? Like you might get great advice from, you know, somebody who you would think that fit the complete opposite profile of who you want to listen to. Mm -hmm. um, and I've certainly had that experience as well. But if you have to just, you know, throw darts and say, like, if I could pick anyone, yeah, sure. like, this is kind of oh, the profile. Well, we and, live, and I've done that and I've been wrong, too. We right? live in a world where we can hear a lot of opinions. You go on Twitter and I'm happy to hear anybody's opinion. If somebody has an opinion on anti-Semitism and, you know, you're not allowed to define anti-Semitism if you're not Jewish. No, I don't think that's true. I think every and I, you, you can't tell a black man what racism is. Well, again, I don't think that's true either. I can give my opinion. My opinion yeah. might be out of my ass and you're welcome to tell me that it is because the, the the thing that i think ends up happening more often than not especially now that everybody can talk and everybody can talk to everybody is that it would be like going to a couple's therapist right mm -hmm. and a couple's therapist will still not know the ins and outs they won't know who's lying they won't know who's embellishing they'll just watch the dynamic of you two you'll you'll both say your piece and they'll offer up their best exercises to mediate you know but it would be like if you didn't like that therapist's advice saying to them, well, you're not in this relationship. Right, right. So right. you don't get to. And it's like, but they're exactly who needs to say something and right. have an opinion and offer up solutions. So it, I just find that it, as long if there are fewer ideas that I have no problem with people talking about how the spectrum of ideas can be 80 percent, 90 percent bad. I fully believe that everyone being allowed to talk and everyone not choosing to read is not a great thing not a great you know thing. I mean but i do find that you end up getting more ideas in the same way that jokes work where sometimes your friend says something and it is not even funny but it gets your mind going towards a thing that is funny right a funny thing came out of a not funny thing a good idea can come sort of out of an idea that either doesn't work or a straight up bad idea but I think that in therapy, and I had a therapist that I was friends with, actually, a psychologist who I didn't see, and she told me this many years ago, and I never forgot it, that when you're going to therapy, you know, you're spending all this time and all this money and all this energy. In every session, you should have, like, at least one kind of aha moment like mm -hmm. something you should well if, this, I, I, should if that's spark. the way therapy works it may not be the way therapy works. i don't you know i mean uh, well i think the whole point or part of it is to get out of your head right like we create I, these narratives i really don't know what's going on i don't know what they're up to <laughs> like have you ever been fucking, to therapy yes and i don't know what and yes i was have. it was it talk therapy or was it, it talk yeah and how'd it go how long did you go for first of all i don't want to get into my therapy history uh but i i, I don't know if it worked or not but, you know, I, I just assume that they're doing shit that I didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, I don't think that's Like it. a fucking uh, mechanic is fiddling around in my car. No. And, I, you know, I don't know what he's doing. Josh, uh, but I, we, we did, I wasn't trying to keep it tight, but I did want to, um, I think it's put a nice bow on the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, talking about different people having, you know, opinions. And Chris Rock mentioned at the end of his set, um, 
spoiler, if you don't want to know what he said at the end of his set, then don't listen. But he said, well, he was asked, he's been asked why he did not fight back against mm-hmm. Will Smith. Mm-hmm. And he said, because uh, I have parents and they told me, don't fight in front of white people. Mm-hmm. Is this a common thing? No. No, I've I've never heard that in my life, but I I think that also it's part of the. Is it shtick, or do you think that really yeah, is I, what he? Was I mean, taught? That, I think that may be how he feels, and I I'm sure that someone in his life maybe said something along those lines, but I still think it's mostly for the sake of the joke. I, but I, the reason the joke you know. works is because it resonates with the audience. Yeah, the the, bla- the black people in the audience were laughing, I, and the white people too, and I assume it's because they're. They get it. I assume some of them have been told that, like, be, you behave yourself. As white people, we need to be on our best behavior and yeah, but comport think, ourselves in a certain way. Yeah, but I think that there's there's something to be said for like, you don't not fight someone because white people are there. You don't fight someone because people are there. So I think that if, if if it's a lesson he's trying to teach the audience, I think you just say people. If it's a joke he's trying to tell, I think that you say white people. Does that make sense? Because it's like it's so you like don't think that has idea. any base. You don't think Chris really believes that you shouldn't fight in front in front of white people, or that, I, that 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 played any role in his decision to just stand down. I think when you look at his whole uh, body of work, it makes sense that and it leads you to that joke. I think if you look at his um, his actions that night, I think it leads more to like. In my opinion, let me not mess up my money or like I did. I don't think that, you know, Will Smith smacked him and then he was like, mm, I'd hit him. But Meryl Streep is here like that. That doesn't right. really uh, it, yeah. resonate with me as much. And when I saw the joke, I just thought it's like, oh, funny, funny way to end it. I didn't think like, oh, he's right. We shouldn't be fighting in front of white people or. You know, like, I think that caring about Do you think what, any you know, good could have come of him? I mean... Oh, hitting Will back? Hit, hitting Will back? Uh, I don't I don't necessarily think so. If he could so. have dropped Will with one punch, that would have been something else. It, it would have. And then he would have he, still had to bring up the nominee. Can you imagine it, I mean, Will like, Smith... Poor Questlove. It, can you imagine Will Smith is laid out on the stage and then yeah. Chris goes, now where was I? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a great moment for comedy. It'd be and, very And Will weird. just laid out, and Chris goes, okay, let's bring up our next person, and the dude is laid out yeah, in yeah, front of him. I mean, yeah. that would have been kind of amazing. It wouldn't yeah. have happened because I don't think Chris is capable of laying out. Yeah, I think Will when Smith. someone's got like 80 pounds on you, you're well, not going to knock them out hard. Chris made that point on the sp- in the special, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, that, you know, he said, you might not realize this, but Will Smith is significantly larger than me. You know, yeah. um, it may not come off that way on TV. Yeah. But he played Muhammad Ali. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't audition for that role. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe he said, I played Pookie and Will didn't audition for that role. I don't, whatever it was. It's one of those two. Jo- it's, I'm cold in here. Is it may Maybe my. I mean, maybe you're not dressed warmly enough. You're yeah. wearing a. I don't know. It's not. It's. I have a jacket. Yeah, on, I have so a it's sweater not as on. cold to me. In any case, um, Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson, hey. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, thanks for having uh, me. With Gnome's favorite person, I, I, I'm i quite fond of you. Uh, I appreciate as it. As well. I, I, yeah. I'm sorry I didn't recognize you. No, it's not a big deal. I didn't take it personally. You were the 500th person not to, to not recognize. recognize. Both blacks yeah. and white people. Everybody too. is not recognizing me now. Until you talk. Yeah. That's then I, so Then I say it's weird. Josh, and they're like, oh, yeah. 
So his special uh, is on Peacock. Mm-hmm. Uh, why am I killing myself? Is that up here? Uh, killing up, up here, killing, killing myself. myself. Yeah. <laughs> why am I killing myself? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a Jewish mother special. <laughs> is on is on Peacock streaming. Yeah. So thank you for being with us, Josh. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, we'll be will will we be seeing you here more often because you yeah you're going as soon back as out on the road. Yeah, I'm gonna be um out for most of March, but then yeah yeah I plan to be March Madness everybody as much with as Josh Johnson. Perry L, uh, of course, is uh, she's always with us, but we thank her. And uh, Nicole Lyons behind the scenes. Thank you, Nicole. Anytime. Uh, we'll see you next time. And Noam will hear, maybe perhaps he'll have some interesting stories about his dinner with the Baroness. And you can find us online. You're at Dan Natterman. Uh, yeah, but I'm at. And I'm sure. at Perry L. Ashenbrand. And Josh is at Josh Johnson. Josh and- Johnson Comedy on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Okay, thank you, everybody. Goodbye, bye. <laughs>